Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In my case, I found um, that as my kids got older and older and older, you know, wherever you live, there's this there's this community, uh, this network of parents. And, and I found myself constantly in comparison with other parents. The attorney for Ruby Frankie's husband, Kevin, comes on to explain his client's current situation, whether he played any role in the alleged abuse of their children, and when he spoke to Ruby Frankie right before her arrest. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Long Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. So we're continuing our coverage of the Ruby Frankie case, the 41-year-old Utah mother of six who rose to online fame when she and her husband, Kevin Frankie, started a now defunct YouTube channel called Eight Passengers. It documented their lives, their parenting style, homeschooling. Well, now Ruby Frankie, along with her business partner and content collaborator, Jody Hildebrand, have each been charged with six felony counts of aggravated child abuse. Police were alerted after Frankie's 12-year-old son escaped Hildebrandt's residence, ran to a neighbor asking for food and water. He was found emaciated with deep lacerations, duct tape on his extremities. This is really horrible stuff. But then it was compounded by the fact that when police arrived, they also found Frankie's 10-year-old daughter in similar condition. Horrible story. But there is one person in this story that people are talking a lot about. And that is Kevin Frankie. Now, while Ruby's husband has not been criminally charged by authorities, his role has taken center stage. It's got a lot of people talking. Well, joining me right now to unpack that is Kevin Frankie's attorney, Randy Kester. Randy, thanks so much for coming here on Sidebar. You're welcome. I think the best place to start is, how's your client doing right now? He's, he's uh, busy. He's struggling. Uh, trying to make sense out of what's happened to him in the last 13 months and kind of coming out of a fog. So in other words, he was completely taken off guard by these allegations, completely shocked? Absolutely shocked. Where was he he when he found out about this? he, He was at work. And how did he find out? He found out on the news. Did someone call him? He got a call from Ruby. He got a call from Ruby Frankie. Correct. You mean while she was, after she was arrested? Uh, before. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Uh, she had heard uh, uh, what was going on and uh, knew they were coming for her and uh, called him and said, this is an emergency, even though she hadn't, she hadn't reached out to him for months and months and months before that. Uh, she reached out to him when it was an emergency, knowing she could rely on him to help his kids. So in other words, you're saying she knew the police were coming to arrest her. She calls Kevin to say, take care of the kids. How did she know the police were coming? Because again, the reporting indicates is that her son 
I had escaped that house and called and went to a neighbor, and that's when the authorities were alerted. Do, do you know how she knew they were they were coming? I would never want to predict anything that she might know. I, I, Kevin doesn't know. He doesn't know. I don't know how she knew what was going down. All he knows is he got a text from her that said, emergency, need to speak with you. He was at work and uh, texted back and said, I'm at work. Uh, what's up? And she said, I need to speak to you immediately. And he, then they spoke on the phone. Correct. And that's when she told him. Well, actually, I think most of it was, yeah, they did speak on the phone. So they spoke on the phone. And, and when she told him that the police were coming, what did he say? She, she actually didn't say that. She just said, you need to get down here. You need to get down here. And mm-hmm. what did he say about that? He, he said, down where? And when she told him that she was in Ivan's, he responded and said, what are you doing in Ivan's? And was told, she then told him that the kids were down there, some of the kids were down there, and he needed to come down. And uh, he, he said, well, how long have you been in Ivan's? He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't even told that she had taken the kids to Ivan's. Let, let me unpack that a little bit. So, first of all, their current status, were they separated? Correct. They were separated, I read, for 13 months, so they weren't living with each other. How much was he seeing the kids? Uh, almost not at all. Actually, not at all. What, why she is told, that? If it, told, Why is that? Because she told him it was better uh, that they needed to work on their marriage and needed to keep their family together, but that everything was better off with him not in the home and not communicating with the children. If you can... Why were they separated? What was the catalyst? Oh, I probably shouldn't go into that. That's that's pretty private. Mm-hmm. But let's just say they were uh, they had a difference of opinion about their family. Parenting? I know you can't talk about, it, but is it that kind of where we're going? Correct. Okay. So let me and, again. And their so- own and their own personal dynamic. Okay, um, so he was living separate from her. Was he calling the kids? Because I think what a lot of people are looking at this, and they're wondering, well, what did he know? So he might have been living separately from her for 13 months, but he wasn't calling the kids, checking in on the kids, seeing how they're doing? He's the father. I totally understand that. That was the big question on my mind and the big question I, on a lot of people. If you read everything that's in the media... He's getting raked over the coals for that. But what people don't understand is that he was trying to preserve his marriage. He was taking direction from her. She's the one who asked him to leave the house and indicating that in order for him to be able to get back together with her and be a family, that uh, she was requesting that he leave the home and that he not contact them or the children later told him that everything was blissful at home. It was so much better without him. Did he ever believe that the kids were in danger? Did he ever believe that Ruby might have been doing something to the kids? He had nothing to indicate that. So again, I know you're limited in what you can say, but just again, piecing that together, if he, if Ruby Frank told Kevin, Frankie, excuse me. Ruby Frankie told Kevin that, you know, it's better off he's not part of the home. 
um, and, you know, that he lived separately from them and not to have any contact. He just took that as, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Or did she prevent him in any way from seeing the kids? Did he want to see them and talk to them and she told him no? Emotionally, she was uh, controlling him because she knew how much he valued their marriage and valued their family. And it was his desire to be able to get back with the family and uh, preserve his marriage. So he was taking direction from her and her direction was it's so much better off and I think we can salvage our marriage if you just for now don't have communication with the kids and I will communicate with you I'll reach out to you when we need to have communication okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And even though they had a difference of opinion, possibly about parenting, that never gave him a concern to, hey, you know what, maybe I should check in. Because if it seemed like it was a big enough issue for them to separate it didn't seem like an issue for him to check in on kevin never had any reason to believe that his children were being abused if he had even one inkling that his kids were being abused and that this separation wasn't for any other purpose than to figure out a way between he and ruby to reunite their family he would have been down there in two seconds Hmm. do they just simply had no idea he had no idea. He had no idea that this was going on. No, physical abuse had never been a part of their family. But a lot they- of the dynamics between he and his wife changed after uh, Jody Hildebrand uh, partnered up with Ruby. Let's talk about that for a second. First of all, before I get into Jody, do Kevin, your client, and Ruby, do, have they been talking at all while she's in jail? The last conversation they had was uh, last Friday, and that's when during that conversation is when he came to kind of came to his senses about how he'd been manipulated and deceived. Are you saying he and confronted that, her about these allegations? To some degree, I, I don't know the entire contents of the conversation, but him, his discussion with me was that uh, during that conversation things were said that made him realize how he'd been deceived and misled. And and as I told you earlier, he didn't even know the kids were in Ivan's. You, you just said that he knew that he, that, excuse me, that uh, Ruby and Jody were working together. Um, Correct. So he was, how was he that shocked if he knew that, you know, they were working together and maybe she had brought the kids with him? I mean, did he not think that perhaps uh, Ruby had taken the kids to Jody's house? Typically, she would tell him something like that, but she didn't. She didn't 
they, they, she'd have the kids down there from about late May, I think maybe June, until this all came about. And he did. She didn't tell him one thing about taking the kids to Ivan's. What does he say about Jody Hildebrandt? Um, that she's manipulated him in conjunction with Ruby, that she's been kind of the spearhead toward essentially destroying his life and destroying his family. How did Jody and Ruby get connected? Does Kevin know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is this Kev? I mean, again, is Kevin believing that perhaps it was Jody who was manipulating Ruby in this, or because it, it also sounds like Kevin feels he was manipulated by Ruby? Is it is it just all the blame on Jody? I think it was a team effort, but with Jody being the spearhead and uh, and creating a situation that's that's just caused all of this destruction of his family. Why does he believe that Jody is manipulative? What, what makes him believe that? I probably shouldn't go into that, but we recently reviewed a uh, on another website uh, an interview with Jody's niece, who described uh, to the public exactly what she had done, uh, what Jody had done to the niece and her family, and we're hearing. Um, other information that she's done this to a number of families and it wasn't until this all came to light that Kevin came to realize that his family had also been victimized by Jody. Have the authorities reached out to your client? Oh, certainly. He's interviewed with them. And they see him as a potential witness? They haven't said that. He, he's, uh, he was interviewed with them uh, the day this all occurred, he, and he, he drove to St. George to get his children, and they met him and interviewed him. I, I guess the, the, when people are looking at this, and they know this is not an isolated incident because you and I both know that the Frankies have been under a close eye for quite some time. There were people who suspected that the kids were being abused or were treated too harshly. So even putting aside the arrest of Ruby Frankie, your client was receiving criticism for quite some time over the parenting techniques. What is his response been to that? There, there hasn't ever, ever been an allegation that Kevin Frankie has ever physically abused his children. And, and I think uh, all, these parent, all these parenting complaints, those were investigated. And uh, I think it's a subjective thing, parenting. As, as everybody says, no one's ever written a perfect book on parenting. So while there may be some criticism of their parenting as being too strict or you know too demanding, um, that's been looked into, and there were never any DCFS charges filed. There was never any criminal charges filed, and particularly, and I want to emphasize this: Kevin Frankie has never been accused of physically abusing anyone, including his children, nor have there ever been any allegations that he was doing that. He doesn't condone that kind of thing. He's a good dad. He just simply does not condone uh, physical violence or uh, that kind of treatment of children or anyone. And he's right now in touch with all of the kids. Uh, that's all being um, that's all being sort of uh, managed by the juvenile court. Do they want to see him? I I can't tell you. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know that he's had contact with his two older children. 
but as to the four younger ones, I, I, even if I knew, I, I kind of made an agreement with the court that we wouldn't talk about the kids. What about the older children? What has been the conversations between them and Kevin? Well, they're they're kind of on their own, but they've had uh, uh, they've had contact, but I'm not at liberty to disclose those conversations. I mentioned the criticism that the Frankies were facing. The YouTube channel that they had was shut down. Did ever, Kevin ever explain to you why that happened? No, I have no understanding as to why that was taken down. I know, I know. After these incidents at Ivan's, I, I believe that a lot of their material was taken down by the platform. But um, I haven't spoken to Kevin about that. I don't. I have no understanding as to what's going on with that right now. The, the money that they made off of the show, I, I think Ruby had claimed at one point they were making a significant amount of money. Has Kevin ever spoken to you about that, about how profitable that show was? Uh, Kevin was simply uh, giving his earnings to Ruby that were going to support the family. Mm-hmm. He, he retained sufficient amounts of money to take care of himself while they were separated, but all the rest of that money was uh, going to Ruby to support the kids. And he hasn't, he hasn't spoken to me about what amount of money was ever mm-hmm. generated by that. He actually, um, pardon the phrase, but he actually disconnected from any involvement with connections um, a year and a half ago and hasn't had anything to do with eight passengers for even longer than that. I'm sure you know um, that there was a hearing um, last week where Ruby Frankie, and I believe it was over Zoom, she made quite the allegations. She said that one of her children was abusing another one of the children, was abusing cousins and neighbors. That is quite the claim. What is your client's take on that? Well, because it occurred during juvenile court proceedings, uh, the reporter who snuck into the proceedings and reported that uh, damaged these children and this family even more. It was despicable what they did in reporting that. And uh, but uh, because again, I have an agreement with the court that I'm not. I won't speak about the children, and particularly won't speak about proceedings that occurred in the confines, uh, the sanctified confines of that juvenile court. I'm not going to comment on that. Okay. And and Kevin, what are his steps right now to try to um, get the children back? Uh, he's uh, consulting with professionals. He's uh, We're working in conjunction with the state of Utah through the juvenile court uh, to uh, work with them, to take direction from them about what they feel would be necessary to heal his family and uh, uh, try to figure out a way, if possible, to... Uh, reunify the family has the rest of the family the older siblings have they agreed that perhaps that kevin would be the best person to take care of the minor children i you know what i can't speak to that they've had private conversations with their dad and uh, i'm just not at liberty to speak about that I, i don't want to i don't want to disturb those private conversations between he and his uh his kids does Kevin plan to attend the rest of this criminal process for uh, Jody and Ruby, the hearings, potential trial? Well, the hearings are taking place down in Washington County, down in St. George, which is about a two and a half hour drive from where Kevin lives. And so most of those 
he's probably not going to attend. If they require him to attend, he'll go. But um, my guess is he probably isn't interested in attending those. Does he plan to cooperate, or is this a situation where he may decide to plead the fifth and uh, protect his rights? Well, thus far, he hasn't been accused of any crimes, and in my view, I don't think he's committed any crimes. So, uh, and he's uh, had pretty much full disclosure through the juvenile court, uh, which, um, my understanding of that discussion, he he's he simply alleged that he's. He hasn't committed any crimes, and I don't believe they believe that he has. The police haven't contacted me. No one's contacted me about uh, him being charged with any crimes. But the system is what it is. We, we don't know what's upcoming, so we're having to be circumspect about what we say and what we reveal. So in other words, law enforcement has given no indication whatsoever that they are looking at your client as a potential criminal, criminal defendant. They, they've pretty much been silent, haven't said one way or the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so for the, a lot of people who are looking at your client, making uh, assumptions about what he may or may not have done, what is the message that you want out there? Uh, just what I keep repeating, that if you get to know Kevin, he is an incredibly decent guy. He's, a, he's been a great father. He's provided for these this entire family, even during his absence, he's made sure that they uh, had financial means to, to provide for whatever they needed. Um, he's never been a violent person. He's never severely disciplined his children, and especially not in a physical way. And uh, he's working hard to, to do what he can to restore his reputation after it's been destroyed and damaged and he's getting raked over the coals by all of this when in fact he himself was to some degree a victim uh, of these uh, psychological and mental manipulations that were perpetrated against him and his family by uh, Jody. He's just trying to restore some normalcy in his life and make sure that he can as uh, was his goal all along to keep this family together and make sure that they thrive and that they recover from this abuse. Hmm. All right, Randy Kester, thank you so much for taking the time. We really do appreciate it. Well, nice to meet you guys, and thanks for letting us have an outlet to kind of get his side of the story out there. All right, everybody, that's all we have for you here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.